Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This week, every day on Cabin Devos, we are publishing an episode at 9 p.m. These are interviews and conversations I have had with friends on our live shows that I believe will bless you. This coming Sunday, on the 20th of November, we are having Elena and all her single friends coming to explain to us why they fear to commit. We shall discuss fears singles have concerning marriage. Some are legit fears. They are problems that married people now cannot escape, while others are baseless fears. Enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cabin Evils tonight. My name is David, and I'm joined by Manzi Kajina as my co-host. We're expecting our special guest, Mr. Edward Odongo to be arriving soon so we can start this discussion. Once again, I hope that you had a great Sunday. I hope church was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, the church I attended, we talked about so many things, interesting stuff concerning how easy ministry is. And just go ahead and let us know what were the topics that were covered in your Sunday service today in the chat so we can uh, just be able to share some of these truths together. What stood out for you if you attended church uh, this um, uh, this morning and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're here I'm really glad that you're here today is going to be awesome um, there's great music that is coming up at some point in the show interesting questions that are coming up again uh, on the show um, Mr. Edward Odongo is in for it uh, today because the topic we are covering is kind of universal um, and the question we are asking is do you need to take a break um, <laughs> this gentleman called Scott Hubbard said, set aside for a moment the day's pressing tasks, harsh if you can, the hopes and desires that rush upon you the moment you awoke. Step away from the morning burdens, forget what the hours ahead may hold. And I think that, that, that introduction to his article uh, on this site, desiringgod.org, is interesting because all of us wish a day would come where we can set aside all of these burdens, if I can call them. I think there's no better word to describe the burdens of everyday life. And we hustle through the roughness of days. We run. But where would you say is the finishing line? When do we stop? When do we stop to rest? Because just like tonight, all of us are feeling may probably rested. Some of us, if you've been to birthday parties, if you've been to hangouts, you're exhausted with that sugar rush of, uh, of soda. You feel like you want to drink more and more water, feeling a bit dehydrated with the heat. And yet tomorrow starts very, very quickly. And tomorrow is the Monday that we all dread. And as soon as we start tomorrow, we'll be looking forward to the weekend. When the weekend comes, we cannot wait for Monday in terms of the burdens of Monday. And life seems to go on over and over. In talking through James chapter 4, I feel like James tries to answer the pain that comes with the hustles of every day that we go through. At first, I thought this was something only us missionaries and ministers are going through, but it is everywhere. It's this overwhelming demands of life. And in fact, we do have a WhatsApp group uh, this week, and it has been quite active, especially last night. And I'll encourage you to go to cabindivos.com, scroll all the way to the end of that homepage, and just tap that big button that says WhatsApp. It will take you straight to our WhatsApp group. And if you watch my status throughout the week, I listed three symptoms 
of a life that is about to collapse in or has already collapsed in on itself. And I mentioned one thing. This is the podcast by Carrie Newhoff that I was listening to this week. And in this podcast, he says that one of the symptoms of a life that is operating at 28% is the short-term memory loss. You pick up the phone, but you cannot remember who you wanted to text. And then number two is a diminished desire for human contact because you have nothing to offer. And you're almost saying, if I can just catch one hour alone. Uh, and, and this is typical of us, uh, especially some of us who have meetings over lunch and, and, and you're meeting with people. But if you find yourself celebrating because the friend cannot make it for the meeting, um, that might be a symptom that you're operating at low. You're almost empty. And I think it's Manzi Kajina who keeps posting on his status like a red, yellow light <laughs> of low fuel. And he puts the lyrics, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, driving on low because of the fuel prices. But you might be driving on low if you have a diminished desire for human contact. But also the fact that life is asking for 100%. Kids are asking for 100%. Church is asking for 100%. But we are known at a hundred percent but mozzy why don't you greet the listeners let us know that you are there and what's up what are you looking forward to tonight mr edward Odongo, please go ahead and call in we are ready to start our discussion but mozzy welcome to the show as well loud and clear yes i am okay um i've had a somewhat restful weekend by restful i mean there was no preaching <laughs> the sunday weather is preaching it's anything but restful I'm not looking forward to the week, but uh, the week has come, so there's nothing to do about it but just go into it. Um, yeah, my family is well. I'm looking forward to learning from Mr. Odongo as we go through James. Mr. Edward Odongo, he's here with us, coming in very shortly. He's still in the waiting room, but he's going to join us quickly and shortly. Edward Odongo, you are welcome to the show. One friend in this WhatsApp group um, that we do have um, posted and said that she went shopping in a supermarket, uh, got out, drove home, um, but left the items in the shopping, <laughs> in the shopping, in, I mean, in the parking lot, and was simply trying to talk about this short term. Uh, and I, I know we had a conversation later on, and I told her that is not short term memory loss. By the time you drive and get home, that is long term memory loss. And then there is a diminishing desire for human contact. Um, in another podcast that I, I shared with you, a question is asked. It says, this diminished desire for human contact, could this be the more than two years of training that we've had where um, we've been told that others are enemies, not in the sense of they want to beat us up, but they're going to infect you if you go near them. And so this whole statement we kept hearing, social distancing, could that be the repercussions of such a training? I don't know, but we're going to be talking about this. I asked you, ladies and gentlemen, to share some of the things that went on in your church this afternoon, I mean, this morning, and uh, Manzi just did share that uh, we were in Exodus at Ebenezer. Interesting, interesting. Era Chilawe said, I went to Google Baptist Church and we're reminded of God's kingdom. Uh, we rethink, we read, we read Matthew 4, 26 uh, to 34. Thank you so much, Chirabo, for sharing that. Um, let me see, let me see. This is Katie, all the way from Florida, says Jesus did not have to come to the earth, but he volunteered. That was the topic today. And then that was again from John 1, 5 and 9. Interesting. But thank you so much, guys, for sharing. And we're looking forward to tonight. I hope that you 
are looking for tonight as well. Let me start off by reading for us James chapter 4. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion as we talk about the hassles and the burdens that come with this overwhelming uh, stuff that, that just does not seem to end. And, and for me, I don't know, for some reason, this past week has really, it has really been on my mind. And as I read through James chapter 4, I thought that maybe some of the answers can be found here. And if one verse stands out for you, please mention it in the chat and why. Uh, so we can discuss. This is Cabin Devils. No one is preaching at you. We are simply talking through the book of James. But this is what James chapter 4 says. Listen carefully. He says, ask the question, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder, you covet, and you cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask. And you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is an enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scriptures say he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another's brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go in into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Interesting passage. Manzi, what are your thoughts if, when you looked at James chapter 4? So anything come to mind that you think is interesting that you would like to share with us, Manzi? Um, <laughs> so many interesting things. I like uh, quoting uh, that portion from verse 13 onwards uh, where we make plans and <clears throat> we don't even know what will happen tomorrow. But, you know, <laughs> you make plans for 20 years from now. I took out a savings. It's a prudential edusave for my child, children for 20 years from now. But it's saying that you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Or you make plans that you're going to start a business and make profit. But instead, you ought to say if the Lord wills. And that stands out for me. It's interesting because it puts the it puts us back to where we are or where we should be depending on God. 
it's not you know because i'm very smart or i'm very wise or i have you know good business acumen that i make things happen it's god's grace that anything i plan actually comes to pass yeah so i, I like to quote that that portion of, of james um uh, something else maybe in the first portion what causes quarrels and fights i was asking myself and this is a question i'll ask uh, mr odongo is it's like james is telling us what causes fights it's a rhetorical question he asks then he gives us the answer so i'm asking myself if i know what causes fights can i have, can i avoid them can i avoid quarrels uh because i've i've been told it's my passions which are at war within me so i just cease fire stop the war within me uh, is it possible to stop having fights and quarrels or oh, it's part and parcel of us and we have to endure it until till we die so yeah those two things yeah when 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 i think about that you know that war within us uh, that's caused by our passions and you know James says you desire and you don't have so you murder we see this every day right we see people you know committing uh, crimes someone wants to become an mp but his candidate is winning so they kill the candidate so that they become an mp it's you ask yourself why why would someone do such a thing we may not go so far as to commit murder but we could tell lies right uh we could go to the extent of forging something and you ask yourself but to what end right to what end are we doing all these things um and 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 James is here saying that you know you guys are adulterous you are choosing the world so if you're going to be a person who is going to be on good side then you can't do this but if you're doing these things then you're showing that all as i said you've shown your side that you're really uh worldly yeah so it's something to think about is it am i fighting because if i'm in the spirit i'm not going to be fighting but if i'm living mm. according to the flesh worldly thinking about land possessions power mpc what then i'm going to have these quarrels and fights yeah I do. You're up, man. We've introduced so many angles to this discussion, but yeah. <laughs> well, as far as as far as I know, um, our our salvation is to be worked out uh, with fear and trembling, and so it's a journey. I don't think you're ever really going to get there to a point where these things are not um, being grappled with uh, by anyone, whether it's a Christian or otherwise. It's just that for us as Christians. We know that this is the cause of of some of these things, whether it's strife, whether it's envy, or any of the things that he mentions. And so ours is to just have a, a deep desire to, you know, bear the fruit of the spirit in things like being patient with each other, uh, loving genuinely, and and trying to avoid all these things that he talks about. Even if we will always have that battle between the spirit that indwells us, God's Holy Spirit, and our flesh, which is the nature that we, we took on and the fall of man from Genesis three. So I don't think we're ever going to have a point in time where it won't happen. But we know better, and we are more aware of these things, and we know where to look to for grace and strength when those times come around. Yeah. One okay, of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about, Mazi, in, in relation to your question, it feels like we've given up um, from the answer that Eddie is giving. Um, if these passions are within me, they are waging war. I don't know if you've heard of the analogy of the two dogs. 
and, and being told the one you feed most will win. But it, it feels like I have a responsibility to what is going on within me that is there for the cause of what others begin to see. And, and, the, and the reason when I was thinking about this chapter four, why I equated this to the burnout or the burnouts that, that are, um, are a potential damage to Christians and, and especially those of us who are serving is because you serve and, and you feel like you're never coming to an end. The example you gave, Manzi, of, of you saving for your child and, and things like that and, and working so hard to see that done. And I don't know if you get worried when you think about Ecclesiastes, <laughs> when it says all is vanity, and, and, and you don't feel like you ever come to the point where there's full satisfaction. Maybe you have, maybe... Uh, I, I don't know, but for me, it feels like I'm constantly working towards something. And sometimes I feel like there's a war that is waging, that I, I'm never achieving that which I want. And when, when someone brings an issue or points out something I'm not doing well, I can choose to quarrel uh, or wage war, if I can put it that way. And I don't know if you've noticed, you talked about uh, marriage and uh and, and uh, I don't want to mention house fights here, but usually they quickly spark off when we're not doing well financially. <laughs> Brokenness is one of the number one causes of fights and, and quarrels. There's something called kameza, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's it's one of those areas. And, and I say that financial problems are the number one cause of fights and quarrels. And, and and these things sound like they are waging war. And and to say we are constantly going to be in that state, I personally feel like we are waving a white flag and saying, I surrender, we cannot win. Is there hope? This goes for you, Mr. Edward. Is there hope? I, I don't think in acknowledging our struggles or in acknowledging um, where we fall short is necessarily waving mm. a white flag. I think these are age-old problems uh, that Paul dealt with uh, at Corinth when he talked about the divisions in the church and how the Christians at the time were suing each other and, you know, some were for Apollo, some were for Paul and all the things. He addressed the same thing in some feeling they were more spiritually superior than others yet in Galatia. The same thing he addressed at Ephesus and at Philippi. So these are things that are age-old problems just given the nature of human beings and the fall of man. Uh, but but I, I like what you say. It, it goes back to our heart posture and what is really at the depth of our heart. If 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 someone comes to me about something maybe that I've not done right or I've not said the right way, what what is my response and why do I respond that way? Uh, it's a bit like a clock. When you see that a clock is faulty, um, you, you can't blame the second hand or the minute hand or the hour hand. It's usually an indication that there's something deep within that is wrong with the clock so when we lash out at people or when we speak out of turn or when we have heated arguments with people or when we covet certain things that we shouldn't be then we need to examine our heart posture what is it in there that we really need to deal with and that is where our hope is it's it's really in getting back to what is the fruit of the spirit if the spirit of god indwells me then this is the fruit that i should be showing out there patience and kindness and love and all these things uh, self-restraint and not everything else that james addresses in james 4. thank you thank you so much eddie 
Would you draw for us a relationship between what is going on um, in a Christian life where someone is, feels like they're waging war and the burnouts? Is there a relationship between the desires of the world and the burnouts whose problem we're trying? Do you see a, do you see a relationship with, with those things, uh, Eddie? Absolutely. Um, I think, I think uh, we, we are most vulnerable, for instance, and um, most at, um, at the point where the devil can really hurt us when we are excited, when we are tired, when we are stressed, when we are really at that point where we feel like we're at the end of ourselves. Um, at, at the end of a long working day, you feel you've earned the right to, to watch this movie. And your God will probably be down in the kinds of things you watch. Um, you, you feel like you, you have a right to a certain me time and, and you cannot have the, the, the idea of maybe your spouse or your children intruding on that time. And, and I think there's a very clear correlation between those times where we're almost running on empty and how we exhibit these very things that James is addressing. We want to be by ourselves because we're tired and we've worked hard a long day. But how do we respond to that nagging child? How do we respond to those very difficult conversations that wives and husbands have to have at certain times of day? And uh, I think, like you asked, there is a correlation. And, and it can be, in my life, it's probably different from yours. But I think if you see the times you're really stressed out and times you're really tired, there's a way you respond to certain things that is probably not biblical and not uh, indeed worthy of the gospel. So I hope that answers your question, David. Yes, it does. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very quickly, I'm going to be asking you, um, either you or, or Manzi, to comment a little bit on the discussions that are going on on the WhatsApp group. Those of you who are not on the WhatsApp group, just go to cabindivos.com, scroll all the way to the end and tap the WhatsApp icon that is there to join the group. But let me, before I can ask you to comment on some of those discussions, I think you saw most of it yesterday and uh, some of it today. I want to read for you a small portion here that can maybe be an encouragement uh, or something that will help us understand what's going on. Uh, this is Talk Through the Bible by Wilkinson. And concerning James, he writes this very few words. He says in chapter four, he says, the strong pools of wildness and wealth create conflicts that are harmful to the growth of faith. The world system is at enmity with God, and the pursuit of its pleasures produces covetousness, envy, fighting, and arrogance. The believer's only alternative is submission to God out of a humble and repentant spirit. This will produce a transformed attitude toward others as well. This spirit of submission and humility should be applied to any attempts to accrue wealth, especially because wealth can lead to pride, injustice, and selfishness. I thought it was interesting um, just to think about that and the dangers that come with wealth um, and, and how it brings pride and the solution being submission and humility uh, in, the, in, the, in the process. But from what was going on on the group uh, concerning some of our fears um, and, and, and the short-term memory loss and not wanting to be with people and serving people. Do you have any comments on that, Eddie or Manzi? <laughs> Maybe just very briefly. I, I see I see clear patterns of, you know, just um, 
the results of your daily hustle. We we're stressed, we are forgetful, we have so much on our mind, we want to retract to that safe place where we're all by ourselves. Uh, some, of course, a lot more than others. Uh, sometimes you're with people, but you're not really with them because you just want to either catch up with something or you just want to... Um, you know, exclude yourself, even if you're, you look included, but you're really excluded or excluded in yourself. And um, I think every now and again, that might be a healthy thing to do. Um, because the times that we have by ourselves are the times that we can use to pray and reflect on God's word and, you know, all these things. And sometimes make big plans like Mazi seems to have made with Prudential. I don't know what that's about. But the, the point is that these are things that we we all grew up with uh, someone talked about the fuel prices and you know and that perhaps being one more reason to not visit people um but i think it goes back to the heart of god has created us to be part of something and to belong and to be part of fellowship ultimately fellowship with him but also a fellowship with fellow men and, and all these things tend to point to what can cause strain in that fellowship and uh, we need to be intentional in times where it just becomes the default position to go back to our sinful nature, uh, we need to be more intentional uh, about submitting ourselves to what God is calling on us to do and, and being obedient in when he says, draw near to me. Because if I'm silent, I could be doing many things in that silence, in that solitude, I could actually be in a lot of grave sin. But I could also be drawing nearer to God. But that then will reflect in the fruit that people will see in how I respond to certain things and certain other pressures around me. Over to you, Manzi. I don't know if I have a good answer for that question, but uh, David, I would uh, say that the warning here that James is giving in the text from like verse 1 up to about verse 10 is a, is a warning against worldliness. And man you can be stressed in this world there's so much in fact i was asking a friend of mine last week did our parents go through this similar hustle or ours is more because like everything is happening much faster there's just too much information too much responsibility too many things so little time and sometimes you want to think it's uh seasons but the season is not changing it's like rainy season from january to january or dry season from january to january and i think what james is telling us here is trying to be like people in the world or trying to be in the world because if you if you want to be on pressure just go to linkedin and see what your peers have achieved in the same time that you know You've left school at the same time, but you, you're like, how, how did they do that? How come I've not done that? Ah, you properly, properly be on pressure. So sometimes you look at your life and you're like, but I'm not matching up with, you know, the rest of the people. And that's what I think James is trying to help us steer clear of that. Just be easy, be humble, submit yourself to the Lord. Um, because those who are chasing those things uh, might be, you know, lured into fights and quarrels and those things that I think Timothy speaks about, that the love of money is the root of all evil, and some have gone astray and pierced themselves with many pangs. And sometimes you're like, but, but it's good to have a nice car. It's good to, 
you know, for your kids to go to good schools, it's good to have a, uh, let me speak about David, uh, David, it's good to have a MacBook and an iPhone, but the, what is the cost? What is the cost of getting those things? Is it sliding more into wildness or can you, you know, say that I'm going to focus uh, less on, you know, asking because yeah, James is saying you ask and you don't receive because you ask and you spend it wrongly on your passions. Can we, you know, check our hearts and see why do I want to have this or that or this? Is it because I want to be, um, I don't know, I want guys to see me and say, yeah, that guy has made it. <laughs> Is it because I want to put other people on pressure when they read my LinkedIn? I don't know. I don't know. It's just warning against worldliness. David, I hope I've in there in all my jazz, there's some answer. <laughs> Manzi, you just told us you don't know. No, but but seriously, from the things you've mentioned, it's actually a good description of what's going on. And I thought, I mean, you don't know, but I might be looking at your LinkedIn account and I'm thinking, uh, I want to be like Manzi. But it's encouraging to find out that even Manzi is, is, uh, is threatened. Manzi be like um, some other people. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be like someone else. And it looks like that chain does not end, really. Because whatever place we are in, it's a dream for someone else. And I don't think we realize that. Um, in, in you mentioning that, I think it's a great application to what James is talking about. The comparisons and, uh, and, and, and the humility that it takes to... And I like the way you said, humble yourself before God. And, and maybe the pressure shall be released. And and so I think I think you're on to something, and I think James is on to something, um, in in just reminding us of of what really what really matters. I, I want to be able to defend myself here and talk about the mark, and and <laughs> in wanting these things, I mean there are pressures that are genuine. Of course, a mark is not a genuine pressure. Um, if you have a computer, it's okay if it's functional. It's just that the other computers don't work. But if you, if there's some more genuine, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with yeah. me praying for my child's school fees? What is wrong with me praying for my child to get better? And, and, and I think the danger comes with when these things keep me awake. My children's future keeps me awake, but that is not luxury. That's, that's just the need for, security it's a need to have food on the table and and i don't know but i think there's some genuine pressures that are not a linkedin uh they're simply we need this uh, my husband does not have a job my wife needs a job or a better job um when when you have to wake up very early in the morning to make things happen and yet there's a dishwasher <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get there. Men that do dishes. But there's a, I think there's a place where, how do you separate needs um, and, and wants, uh, Eddie? Maybe that will help us find the middle ground as we talk about these things. Because this is, these are some very strong words. When he talks about humble yourself before God, resist the devil, draw near to God and he draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Those are very, very strong words. And he's coming from humility. He's coming from pride. If you look at chapter six, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the proud, 
But when do I know I've crossed the line into pride? Um, Eddie, help us. Well, I'm, uh, I hope I don't sound simplistic in, I mean, in, in purely economic terms, needs are things that you can't do without and wants uh, mm. everything else that you can do without. Uh, so when you look around the room you're in, <laughs> all you probably need is a roof over your head. <laughs> Everything else is probably a want, uh, but but that's that's in a very extreme case. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting a better laptop. The question should be, why do I want a better laptop? Is it to floss? Is it to be more efficient and effective with how I do my work, or maybe um, advance the gospel via cabin divorce? Is is it that the MacBook is going to offer a lot more than maybe a Dell or an S or anything of that sort? Um, so I, I think, like I said earlier, it's really about where your heart is and, and why. It, it, like Manzi said, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a Mercedes-Benz or wanting to have a car that, I don't know, does all sorts of important things. But the point is why? Do you just want to look unique and in looking unique, walk on air in pride? Or um, is there something about this car that is drawing attention more away from yourself and more towards he who blessed you with that car. So I think we always need to examine, will what I get be a distraction from the one who blessed me with it? And if it will, then I need to be careful to perhaps say, this is where I'm crossing into wanting it for my own uh, purposes and probably wanting to make a point while I own it, and uh, maybe I'm crossing into an area of pride. So, yeah. Um, just to add on, <laughs> needs and wants. Paul says in First Timothy that contentment. I think it's First Timothy. So I'd guys look it up. First Timothy chapter six, verse um, verse 6 but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world we cannot take anything out of the world but if we have food and clothing with this we'll be content that's just in line with what eddie was just saying about needs and wants and it goes on to say but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation into a snare into many senseless and harmless harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So this Christian life is hard, man. Being a Christian, it's constant checking of your heart. Like, well, why am I doing this thing? Am I really doing this thing because I need it or I'm doing this thing because of that? And the beauty is that you have the Holy Spirit who is constantly, I mean, if you're led by the Spirit, <laughs> who is telling you, and sometimes you listen, sometimes you don't listen, but he tells you that that thing that you're doing there uh, you're doing it because you want to be seen. You're doing this thing because, uh, you know, you you want praise. And yet, you know, Jesus tells us, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Don't don't show your your, your righteousness before man. You know, if you do these things, do them so that God rewards you. Your Father, who is unseen, rewards you. So Christianity is a constant check of your heart posture, like Eddie is saying, like constantly, am I doing this for that or this for that? May God help us. Yeah. 
iPhone says here in the chat, needs and wants and not one size fits all. Everybody has needs according to where they are at. One family may need a second car and genuinely need. Another may need house rent. We can't say the other family's needs aren't real. And I think he has a point um, in, in saying that. And, and, and for me, that's where I come, uh, of course, with a statement that says poverty is relative. Um, uh, why? Because that's just the nature of life. Your second car looks like luxury uh, to another family, and yet you might genuinely need one. And I think that 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 uh, says to the Edwards uh, point in saying needs are things you cannot do without. And, and so um, a second car might actually genuinely be something you cannot do without um, in relation to maybe the number of kids that you have, and what you need to do, one of them is sick. They cannot walk in the elements of weather. They cannot take a border border. Maybe mom is is, uh, is 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 not physically well, and they must see a doctor every day. You cannot put them on a border border or through a taxi. Definitely, a car or a second car at that point is something you genuinely need. And I don't think we can stand on these items and define them to be needs and classify them and say cars are wants and uh, dishwashers are needs in generally. I don't think we can do that. I think it's better to look and, and stand in a, a life uh, or a family or a situation and therefore determine those things. And I think we cannot honestly take shortcuts. Uh, we have to be in a good relationship with God to see clearly. I think that's really something I would, uh, I would want to say. For us to see clearly, we have to look at things the way God would look at them. Let me encourage those of us who are struggling to find that line um, through this song. Why? Because I, I don't want to be blind to people's needs in the sense of um, really major prayer points that need immediate attention, uh, things that keep us awake and the anxiety that comes with them. But also, I don't want to be blind or to ignore the fact that God knows what is going on. And uh, it's, it's not really the systems of the world that are going to provide us these things because that is an enmity with God. It is God who is going to provide. And he might use the systems of the world to provide. But we have to understand that it is ultimately God that provides. In how he does it, we do not know. We cannot help him. We cannot take shortcuts. Abraham is a great example of how what happens when you take shortcuts and also what happens when you wait on the promises of God. And this song you're going to listen to is called In the Eye of the Storm. I pray and hope that will encourage you as, as you listen to it. I'm going to try and put the lyrics up as we enjoy the song. May this song uh, minister to you and we'll be concluding very, very shortly after the song. Music that will warm your heart towards God. Good God Music that will encourage your soul. Appreciate what God has done. This is amazing grace. And now, today's music. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet 
Between the black skies and my red eyes I can barely see When I realize I've been sold out By my friends and my family I can feel the rain reminding me In the eye of the storm
awesome. But let me ask Eddie, is there anything that you'd like to share with us that you might not have shared with us um, as we come to the end of our time? It's 10 minutes to the top of the hour. But Eddie, anything? I just want I just want to to say that if if there's anyone out there who who feels like this this life has become quite a hassle and it's 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 quite a struggle, uh, we're not alone. Um, we all have so much that we're grappling with at any given point in time. But we we need to constantly check the state of our heart. And um, what's in the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and the mind wanders and the hands touch and the feet go. So we need to be very careful with what indwells our hearts. And if indeed we're indwelt by God's Holy Spirit, then it will be seen despite all these hassles and all these pressures and all these feelings like we will reach the end of ourselves because when we do, we indeed reach the beginning with God. So let's all be encouraged that God is still faithful. He's still the same God who uh, parted the Red Sea and helped the guys cross the Jordan and all these things. But but he's still our God um, in a different way now because we live in very different times with all sorts of pressures. But he's still faithful and he's still more than able to see us bear the fruit of his spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eddie. Manzi, any thoughts, uh, any other verses that maybe speak to you in chapter four as we come to the end of our time here? Um, yeah, I just want to add on to what Eddie has said. The encouragement, uh, even that song that you played, it reminded me of Matthew 6, which says, your father knows what you have need of. Uh, so don't worry. Um, yeah, life is hard, but God is good. I remember listening to that from John Piper when he gave a sermon sometime that <clears throat> indeed it's true, life is hard, but God is good. Um, what else? I, I don't know. This is a different topic, maybe. Just switch it up a bit. Um, it's, uh, somewhere it says, you know, we shouldn't judge. But I know elsewhere in Scripture, Bible says you should judge with right judgment. I don't know what you or Eddie think about that. Is that a contradiction or there's something else going on here? Um, I think it's verse verse 11. Do not speak evil against one another. Brothers, the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Yeah. And then the reference for the other one would be John 7, 24, which um, I can read quickly. John 7, 24. <clears throat> it says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. What do you guys think? Uh, today I'm a host and Edward is a special guest. So, Edward, oh. you're a man. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really nice one. Well, I, I think I think we live in an age where um, we, we as Christians fear calling out error because we'll be misconstrued to be judging. Um, I... I think the context of a judging is, is really the context of what Paul refers to as those who are more spiritually mature, those of you who are mature, come along this weaker brother. Um, and I think when we point out error in either, um, the, in, in maybe some of the most critical things about our faith, 
it's it's not really out of judgment unless when you examine yourself you want to sound superior in whether it's in faith or in spirituality whatever that might mean to someone else and again it goes back to what he talks about in the first few verses of James 4 that these things we need to be careful because we covet, we pray, and we do not receive, or um, we don't receive because we, we don't. We ask with with the wrong motives and, and all these things. That judging is really a matter of why do I call out error? Is it to restore a brother or to condemn that brother? And what he's warning us against is the judging or the calling out of error that is looking to condemn and not looking to restore. But I don't think there's anything wrong with with calling out error, as as, as God word, God's word clearly tells us anyway. So, but that's a whole other topic, like you said. So, mm. but it's interesting um, when when Manzi asked that question. For me, the statement that came to mind was Tim Keller's statement. He said, "No one who has been saved by grace will look at another with superiority." Um, and I think our sin and God's grace puts us at level ground. And I do love that statement. I think I'm trying to find the verse here in James chapter four where it talks about God's grace. But I think that's that's one reminder. That's verse six. But he gives grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, it's a constant reminder that that grace is really unmerited favor. That none of us can stand on elevated ground and look at another uh, with superiority. But also, um, it's interesting that this, I want to believe 100% that the judging being talked about here is not, like my, uh, like you have said, Eddie, it's not the genuine calling out of error. Because if a brother has sinned against you, the Bible does encourage us and commands us to go to them. But in the process, again, um, not to to think that we are better, but we cannot be silent when sin is taking place. We cannot be silent when sin. You go to them, and I think the danger is in is in sitting in the corridors and murmuring and talking evil in verse eleven, speaking evil against another brother. And I think that's where the issue really is. That is not calling out error. That 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 is you really speaking evil to destroy. That's that's the attitude behind verse eleven. The one who speaks against the brother, then or judges who speaks evil against the law. I think we've been commanded to go to the brother, and the purpose of going to the brother is really to restore them, to restore them. They've sinned, and that reminds me, by the way, uh, of the book um, Ceasefire by Cape Knighting. We did an interview with him on this podcast. Just go to any of your podcasts, uh, the, 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 any of your podcast apps and, and, and look for him. It's, it shouldn't be even more than three episodes down. But if you'd like to be a part of the trial program uh, for the uh, program that we put together, uh, we are developing the book club, um, uh, an online platform where we are able to discuss these books. And the book Ceasefire is already a book that I've, I've asked a couple of friends, about 12 of them, and we're in this group here on the Cabin Devos website where we discuss these books. And one of them is Ceasefire. Just go to cabindevos.com, put a slash, and write the word resources in your web browser. And the instructions are there. It's not yet public, but if you'd like to join this particular trial program, it's still full of bugs. We are trying to fix it as we are working through a discussion with these 12 friends. But if you'd like to join that and you're listening in right now, 
just go to cabindivos.com slash resources, uh, tap enter or return <laughs> based on the computer you're using. And you'll go straight to the instructions of what it means to log in and get an account and join the group discussion. That that I mentioned that because in, in chapter two of his book, Ceasefire, he says, just because you have been offended does not mean the brother has sinned against you. And that for me was a really good reminder that sometimes we might be offended because we are actually in sin. It's not a brother judging you. You have actually sinned. Someone has come to you and you're saying, don't judge, don't judge. Just because you've been offended does not mean that the brother has sinned against you. And so we need to know the difference between the two. But I don't think the command not to judge is actually to say, keep quiet about sin. So Eddie, thank you. And thank you so much for uh, just bringing that out and, and, and just helping us through this discussion tonight. It's been great. It's been awesome. Uh, maybe going once, going twice. Is there anything else that you'd like us to know? If there's none, just say good night to the listeners. If you would like to, I'm going to ask actually Manzi in the end to pray and just commit Monday into God's hand. <laughs> Monday means the rest of the week. But any, <laughs> anything, if there's nothing really, I'm um, going to ask Manzi to close for us in yeah, prayer. Yeah, just, uh, just one thing. If, if there's anyone here listening who can get uh, their hands on a copy of the book by Alan D. Wright called Lover of My Soul, Delighting in God's Passionate Love, would, um, it's, it's a book that I would really strongly recommend just to understand the extent of of God's love for us, and especially chapter 16 that talks about love being defiled. Uh, it does address James uh, 4.4 in quite a bit of detail, so it's a very good book to read if you can get your hands on it. Awesome. Manzi, why don't you close for us in prayer? <clears throat> yeah, thank you very much, Eddie. Um, excellent stuff. Thank you for taking off time. Uh, thank you for edifying us and sharpening us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a time such as this. Your word tells us in Hebrews not to give up the habit of meeting, especially as we see the dead drawing nearer. Lord, we are going through um, difficult times, uh, sky-high prices, increasing fuel prices, um, salaries are staying the same, some people even don't have jobs. But we thank you for a time like this on a Sunday where we meet on Cabin Devils because we get reminded. We are reminded from your word. Um, we are reminded that, one, that you are in control. We are reminded that you know what we need even before we pray. We are reminded that you will provide for our needs. We are reminded of so many other things. We are reminded that we should not be afraid to call out error. And really the reason why we should call out the error is not to condemn but to restore our brother from a place of love. So Father, we you know, put the rest of the week, uh, starting Monday, will you go before us? Will you make a way for us um, through this difficult week? Your word tells us that um, take heart. In this world you will have many troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So with that confidence, with that promise, we know that, you know, difficult bosses, uh, road rage, uh, traffic jam, uh, rain for those who don't have uh, motor vehicles, whatever the challenge, we know that you um, are above all these things and you prepare for us a better city. Yoah tells us in Hebrews that we desire a better city. We desire 
an abiding city. So when we go through all these challenges, we're reminded that, yes, indeed, there is a place where there are no tears, no crying, no pain, no disease. And that is the place that you go to prepare for us, oh God. I pray a blessing over everyone who has listened, those who are not able to listen for one reason or another, that, Lord, you will bring to them exactly what we've learned in another way, shape, or form. We thank you for David and his hard work. Thank you for Eddie and his sacrifice. Uh, we put everything into your hands. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Manzi. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Manzi and uh, Eddie. It's been awesome. It's been great. Let me remind those of you who are listening in uh, till the end that, yes, we are still raising monies for that mixer that will make stuff easier. I hope that we'll not be having problems of saying, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Speak louder. I'll just simply touch a button and push the volume up. That is not luxury, Manzi. We need that mixer. And so just go to cabindivos.com. Yes, <laughs> just go to shop.cabindivos.com if you'd like to make a contribution. Why do I send you to shop.cabindivos.com? Because that's where your gift is. If you give a gift that is above 100,000 Uganda shillings, we will say thank you by giving you an exclusive T-shirt. This T-shirt only comes in twos, one large, one medium. So there will only be two of you with this T-shirt in the whole of Uganda and for the rest of the time to come. We're not making these t-shirts again. Just go to cabindivos. Uh, so just go to shop.cabindivos.com. And at that page, just click t-shirts and you see exclusive t-shirts. I think we will have only about eight of them left. Um, there should be about eight of them left. I took one. Someone else took one. Manzi, I think, wants to take one. I have a friend who has booked two. That leaves about six, actually to go about six to go we've raised about four hundred thousand already so i think we're about 2.2 uh, when it comes to the need for our mixer but thank you guys for listening i hope that you're blessed i hope that your questions were answered i hope you're less anxious about tomorrow and as we go tonight let me play for you this song one more time may it encourage you may it bless your soul have a good night and we'll see you again next week. We hope to have Mr. David Jabira uh, join us for our final chapter as we talk through the Book of James. I'll confirm with him, and when I do, I'll be posting that on the WhatsApp group. Just go to cabindivos.com if you'd like to join the group. Scroll all the way to the end and tap the WhatsApp icon. It will bring you directly to the group. I think today we have... A couple of friends who have already joined us. Uh, let me see. They do have Mr. Ivan has joined the group. Thank you so much, Ivan, for coming. And I think I know another, I mean, I've just seen another name come up. This should be a Maria, uh, also known to Marcy. Ah, that, that is my friend from all sense, Maria. All, <laughs> She's awesome, outside awesome, awesome. Yeah. Outside think. countries. <laughs> and we do have right now a total participants of 85 we hope to get to 300 someday but have a good night guys we'll see you again on sunday 9 p.m east african time